Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Um, I think, you know, I feel like every step that you take in this sport and really in life uh, is for a reason. And I think this whole year building that trust like we talked about was for a reason to be equipped and real prepared uh, for this next year when everybody is looking at me. So I do feel like I'm prepared, I'm ready, and I can't wait. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN, Omaha ESPN, Tri-Cities. And for this third hour, we're also on KFOR in Lincoln. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Vinny Iyer. He covers the NFL for the Sporting News. Vinny, how are you this morning? Uh, good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us. It's the week leading up to the Super Bowl. We're feeling feeling good, excited about uh, the big game coming up here. Uh, but before we get to the matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers, I wanted to ask you about some of the NFL awards that uh, the Sporting News put out uh, last week. Um, I know there was a pretty heavy flavor of the Dolphins and Lions in that group. Was there anybody that ended up winning those awards that uh, that the, the Sporting News crew voted on that surprised you a little bit, or did things kind of go how you thought they would? Well, a couple things surprised me. I think people were into the Lions a lot across the league. There's a lot of different head coaching candidates that were in the play for Coach of the Year. You had Kevin Stefanski, John McVay, Kyle Shanahan with what he did. You have uh, D'Amico Ryans as a rookie. So there are a lot of good candidates there. So it surprised me just how much the Lions got the love, not only for Dan Campbell, but for Brad Holmes as their executive of the year. I mean, he's done a great job. And just, just the love and people rooting for the Lions outside of Detroit because this is voted on by peers. So executives vote for executives. We've got coaches voting for coaches. And and also looking at the all-pro team, and then you have uh, players looking at players. So there was a lot of respect there. There was also a lot of respect for Tua Tagola and Tyreek Hill, where, look, Christian McCaffrey easily could have been the offensive player of the year, but uh, that was uh, going to Tyreek Hill. And then you look at Tua, I mean, he played all 17 games. That was a big 
mm-hmm. development for him. I know there were other guys. Uh, Demar Hamlin, I think maybe was perceived as not playing too much. I know he, of all the comebacks, that's probably the greatest he can ever make. But it, I, I think there was looked at. Okay, he didn't play a significant role on this team, so let's go there. And uh, I don't think Joe Flacco played enough here in the stretch run for the Browns to say that he would be a candidate. So it means a lot of different things to different people. So maybe a few surprises there. And then one that might surprise some readers is Puka Nakua over C.J. Stroud. But, look, when you set the record for receptions and yards as a rookie receiver in this league, not very easy to do. And, man, I think that's why he was rewarded. We're talking with Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. He covers the NFL. Looking at the All-Pro team, I think maybe the only surprise that would jump out to most people is maybe Raheem Mostert in that second running back spot. Obviously, McCaffrey was going to take one of those, but Mostert, you know, you call him a late bloomer in uh, in the, the write-up there. 31 years old, has his best season of his career. Uh, just kind of how did he get to this point where at age 31 he's able to put up a thousand yards and 18 touchdowns yeah i think it was the right system he's been in the system for a long time we know that with san francisco going back to the zone blocking system i mean started out as a special teams guy so the fact that he developed into this over his career and persevered to stay in the league a lot of uh, running backs are long gone, especially special teams types guys, but he's stuck around with his speed, his knowledge of the offense, being able to be relied upon whatever he gets called upon, and it's really good for him. I mean, all the injuries he's had, I mean, go figure where's his jersey number 31-31, he's just a touchdown machine this season, so he could have gone in many different ways. I think you had Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs maybe didn't put together the rookie numbers we expected. You had Nick Chubb get hurt. Austin Eckler kind of faded. Jonathan Taylor didn't play for a while either. So he kind of opened the door for a kind of a surprise second running back behind McCaffrey. And I think that's led to most And I think, again, he has a very respectable story that a lot of people would like to follow in this league. One of the uh, other awards was Coordinator of the Year, Mike McDaniel, or McDonald, excuse me, Mike McDonald of the Ravens, their defensive coordinator. Obviously, he is off to go be the head coach of the Seahawks now. In your mind, was it clear cut that he was the, the best coordinator this year, or did how much, how much uh, consideration did, I mean, the guy on the other side of the ball in Baltimore get, or a guy like Ben Johnson that was a really popular name this year? Yeah, I think McDonald, just given the expectations for the Ravens' defense, I think there were some pieces there, but I don't think anyone expects them to lead the league in sacks with 60, be this great pressure defense. He really was great at mixing up the secondary. They often used three safety looks back there that were very effective. He knew how to use Geno Stone and Kyle Hamilton, the two safeties to maximum effect on the back end to make big plays. So it was the innovative scheming. So sometimes you look at just the results, but here you look at the process that led to the results. It was very surprising and very innovative, where you might see more teams do that. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for them in the end in beating the Chiefs, but no one can say the Ravens' defense didn't show up in that game. We're talking with Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News. Uh, Vinny, I wanted to stay on kind of the coaching trend there for a little bit, because with the hiring of McDonald in Seattle and Dan Quinn uh, with the Commanders, it appears we will have the first uh, season in the NFL since 1974 that Bill Belichick will not be working in the league. 
How do you think we got to this point where none of the open jobs worked out for Bill Belichick? Yeah, I don't know if any of these jobs are big enough for Bill Belichick in terms of just giving him the entire power, but also from the other perspective of did these teams feel like they were in position to get a Bill Belichick, right, in terms of you got to do some work on a lot of these rosters, even mm-hmm. including the Chargers where Jim Harbaugh went. I mean, the difference between the Chargers and all those other openings, you have a very clear quarterback answer for the future that you can get to winning rather quickly. But in all the other cases, once that was not available, I mean, you got to figure out quarterback. I mean, starting in where he left in New England, but Atlanta, Tennessee, there's a lot of questions. It's Carolina, whether it's an existing quarterback or the future quarterback, that's a lot. And Maybe some didn't see Bill Belichick as a rebuilder type that could do that based on his recent game track record. Some maybe saw that, hey, wait, how long is he going to be able to do this? He's going to turn 72. We might need to have a guy hang around for a few years. So I don't think anything lined up. Now, that said, if the Cowboys or Eagles Mm. had become available here, knowing the nature of those teams, and Jerry Jones in particular, if they were on demand here for trying to win a championship, I think that would be more of an appealing team. So let's watch out for next year. That might be a better move anyway for Belichick as he tries to pass George Hallis and Don Shula as the all-time coaching wins leader. Well, so you kind of answered my next question there because as we get further away, you know, another year, maybe you see him get a opportunity next year. But if it doesn't happen next year, are we getting to the point where – Bill Belichick's career might just kind of unceremoniously be over? Yeah, I mean, the other thing he could do, I don't see him doing this, is taking a defensive coordinator job somewhere. Maybe it's uh, Miami. Maybe Nick Saban convinces him to go to his old NFL stop or something, and that's where they try to win. But I I can't see that at this point. I mean, I don't think he's one of those guys that we've seen in the past, Dom Capers or even Steve Spagnuolo or – Dick LeBeau, right? I don't see late career got his chance as head coach because he's been way more successful than all those guys mm-hmm. as a head coach. So I don't see him kind of just falling back. And you know, same thing with Pete Carroll. I don't see, based on everything he's accomplished, I don't see him coming back in that capacity. I could be totally wrong, and it could be more like I'm bored and I need a defensive hobby here <laughs> to stay in the league. But this is retirement gig. <laughs> yeah. Overall, though. I think it's probably next year a bust. I think he has to get back in the league because, again, every year passes, the opportunities go away, and time is running out on him breaking that record. I think, unfortunately, I really think this is a part of it, why he wants to keep coaching, is I think he definitely wants to be on top of that record book, being such a historian of the game, on top of being Mm. a great tactician. We're talking with Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News covering the NFL. Uh, we had some movement, some weird goings-on with Cliff Kingsbury and where he ends up as offensive coordinator. Looked like that was all but a done deal with the Raiders. That falls apart seemingly at the last minute. He ends up with the Commanders. Is is he a guy that is in in high demand in the NFL in terms of offensive coordinator jobs? Or um, I guess kind of how did that situation play out? Yeah, I think definitely the commanders are trying to really, if you look at it, they're really trying to tap into what the Falcons did a few years ago. Dan Quinn was the head coach. He had a hot shot offensive coordinator with Kyle Shanahan. This was in Super Bowl 51. They went and had Matt Ryan become the MVP. So, look, there's some parallels there, right? If you want 
to go defensive-minded head coach, it makes sense to bring in more of a guy that's going to be a little bit more radical offensively so you have the guy keeping in check. But maybe it's a whole ploy, right, and trying to make sure that you're an appealing destination for Caleb Williams. And I think the commanders probably said, look, we're the number two pick right now. There's a chance the Bears don't go for a quarterback. If not, we don't have to do as much to trade up as the Raiders do to go get Caleb Williams, who Kingsbury worked with at USC. So it makes a lot of sense. I think you look at that, and you also look at the Justin Fields situation, what the trickle-down is, right? The Raiders might be look might be easier for us to get Justin Fields. So it's very interesting what's going on with the number one pick, right? I mm-hmm. mean, the Raiders have Luke Getze now and Seb Kingsbury, so he was tied to Fields last year in Chicago. So it might be an interesting battle developing between Washington and Las Vegas trying to make a move here for Caleb Williams. So I'm going to watch that. That's going to be one of the best draft storylines as we go forward. Well, Vinny, I wanted to switch gears to the big game coming up, of course, on Sunday. Chiefs 49ers, a lot of Chiefs fans here in Omaha, Nebraska. What's going to pose the biggest challenge for Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City? Well, you look at this matchup, and I think they kind of have to stick with what they've done. Is that San Francisco has been the worst run defense in the playoffs so far. They've had some issues, especially on the outside. And that's been the case all season long. Inside, they're a little bit better since Eric Armstead returned. But when you look at it overall, I mean, that's what the Chiefs need to do. They've been very committed to them, not only having some success, but they're sticking with it. So that takes pressure off Patrick Mahomes. They're changing the way they approach it. And the 49ers need to be prepared for this, that this is going to be a running team that's going to take pressure off Mahomes. So, and another thing that's really not worked in the 49ers, typically they've been good at covering the tight end, but that's kind of fallen apart as well this season. So some of the things that you could count on with San Francisco that could really hurt Kansas City are not happening in this game. So really it's about the Chiefs being patient. Being patient, don't force things that aren't there. They're going to be a little bit tempting here because the secondary of the 49ers can give up some big plays. But if the Chiefs are methodical in this game and do what their game plan asks for, I think they'll win because you look at the other side, I think they do have a big defensive edge in this game. So, Vinny, you kind of mentioned the defensive edge there. What is the path to victory for the 49ers if they are able to pull this off? I think the 49ers need to just make the centerpiece Christian McCaffrey, and if he can get going early, I think the Chiefs are going to be trouble because the Chiefs' weakness is also run defense. If you look at it from the season, the thing that helps the Chiefs is a lot of teams get out of their heads, right, and say, oh, we got to go keep up with Patrick Mahomes, but... That's not looking at the way the Chiefs are playing now, right? If you want to win this game, you got to get physical, get down to their level, commit to the run. And you want to take pressure off Brock Purdy because you saw the Chiefs secondary. They're nasty. You don't want to get things downfield, force your quarterback to throw balls deep. You know, that's the strength of Brock Purdy, pushing the field here with his arm. But that's not how you want to approach this game in 49ers. So it'll be interesting, this chess match, I think, Running deep, running is also going to protect the defense on both sides. So if the Chiefs can slow down McCaffrey, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. If they can do that, then they can feel really good about winning and everything else kind of falling into place. Vinny, you mentioned Brock Purdy there, and I'm glad you mentioned that one of his strengths is pushing the ball down the field because there's this narrative out there that he's this dink and dunk quarterback, and obviously he's got a lot of playmakers that can do a lot with the ball after the catch, but he also has 
I believe he led the league in uh, completion yardage through the air before the receiver ran after the catch as well. It, it uh, What do you expect to see from Brock Purdy in this game? You mentioned the really good Chiefs secondary. Obviously, it's his first time in a moment like this. Do you have any idea what to expect from Brock Purdy? Well, I think Brock Purdy's going to have to trust the guys around him a little bit more. Shorter passes and and the funny thing is people talk about Brock Purdy kind of as a caretaker game manager, but I don't think he is. And that sometimes is his weakness, you know what I mean? Like he's throwing downfield and taking those shots, and he's so confident in his arm, and he's put the ball in incredible places downfield that sometimes it's okay not to do that and say, I'm going to check down and I'm going to throw a little bit shorter here. I know he can do that and he can execute that, but when you're facing a higher degree of difficulty against the Chiefs secondary and their pass rush, I think he has to play within himself. So it's kind of weird that people I think he's far from a game manager because he takes a lot of chances and I think that's where you're more concerned with him sometimes where, look, he's great and accurate and puts a nice deep ball there, but he's forcing it and he's under pressure feeling a little bit off and throwing just a little bit too high or rushed, that's his problem. So I think maybe playing a little bit more contained and realizing as much as he needs to play well to win this game, it's more about trusting everything around you because that's really the key to winning the game for the 49ers. Vinny, when you are um, looking at, you mentioned, obviously you think this might be a a run-focused game in terms of both offenses. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey better than Isaiah Pacheco, but the 49ers' rush defense has really struggled compared to the Chiefs' rush defense. How do you balance that out in your mind, and maybe who do you give the edge there to? Well, I think the biggest matchups we're going to watch are going to be along the lines here. I mean, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, if they can take over the game inside, I, I think it's over. I mean, the 49ers want to play this as an outside game. They want to get Nick Bosa and Chase Young after Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor. We know those guys have struggled a lot with different pass protections on the edge this season. So they want to make it an outside game. The Chiefs need to make it an inside game. And I think you look at the Chiefs, I mean, they can get to you inside and then outside on the other side. If you think about that with the way George Karloftis is playing, the way that Chris Jones is playing. So their pass rush is a little bit more versatile. I also know that Steve Sagnolo isn't afraid to blitz with these spots where the 49ers are not really a blitzing team. So when you look at the way the pressure breaks down, if the Chiefs can wear the 49ers down inside, then they won't have to worry about what happens on the outside. Vinny, we're six days out from the Super Bowl. If I had to pin you down and get a prediction on who you think ends up taking home the Lombardi Trophy, who are you going with at this point? Yeah, I'm definitely going with the Chiefs. I mean, it's not really – I mean, everyone's going to say, how can you pick against Patrick Mahomes? That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the profile of these teams. What team has a better defense? It's the 40, they're the Chiefs. What team has a better quarterback? It's the Chiefs. What team has a better coaching in these types of games? It's the Chiefs. So that, that's how I look at it. I think it's a complete – way of the Chiefs handling this game. Now, I'm not saying they're going to blow them out, but they don't need to, right? And they, they just need to win the game like they've done before the Patrick Mahomes. So, again, I am, when I look at the Chiefs, I look at a complete team with a better team on the field. That's what I'm going to do. 
That's Vinny Iyer. He covers the NFL for the Sporting News. Vinny, we appreciate your time as always, and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Great. Thank you. That is Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Good stuff there. He's one of the first people I've heard talk about how he thinks the the Chiefs are actually better everywhere outside of quarterback. Most people kind of lean, you know, that the 49ers are the more complete overall sure. team and that Patrick Mahomes is the wild card there. I do I, – I tend to believe that as well. I do think he brings up some good points about some of the um, – some of the holes that have been poked in the 49ers defense as of late yeah I mean you look at the secondary and you can point to that but also the run defense I think is going to be an interesting factor but if I'm looking at McCaffrey versus Pacheco I'm taking Christian McCaffrey every Obviously, single time yep, right? 100%. and then you look at Brock Purdy Patrick Mahomes of course you're going to take a guy in Mahomes so I think it's a really interesting balanced matchup and I think each other's strengths are similar and each other's weaknesses are similar. So I think it's it's going to be a good one, but I, I just look at what Brock Purdy can also do with all the weapons he has around him. And I liked how Vinny actually had good things to say about, about Brock Purdy. Right, like, I'm yeah. a big Brock Purdy fan. Me too. And I don't think he's a game manager. I think he can extend plays with his legs. I think he has incredible accuracy, and he's had a great QBR, like one of the best in the league the entire season. So it's, it's kind of incredible to me that he has to get to this point of bringing a team to a Super Bowl in his first full year of starting yeah. that people still disrespect him so much. And, like, I'm still – I was going to ask Vinny, too, before we let him go. Like, if – Pat or, excuse me, if, if Brock Purdy wins the MVP and obviously wins the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. would he get the respect? Would he get put in the elite category in the NFL for quarterbacks? I, I honestly don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I think people would continue to point to – because, y- you know, you were kind of comparing – uh, these different units for the team. If you compare weapons for Brock Purdy, I think everybody would take those weapons over what the totally, Chiefs have, right? Totally. The only guy that's close is Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle might be the closest thing. The next best, Travis yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, obviously a lot of people like Sam Laporta. He's had he had a really good year, but Kittle is incredible. Mm-hmm. Had over a thousand yards this year. A really really good tight end. Maybe a little bit better blocking tight end than Travis Kelsey is, which is huge in the 49ers offense. But outside of those two, which, you know, you can give Kelsey a slight edge, but it's it's not by much. Yeah. Every other position in terms of weapons on offense goes 49ers, right? So because of that, you look at it and I don't I think you're right. I don't think Purdy, even if he does, even if they do win the Super Bowl, he wins the Super Bowl MVP, I don't think he is gonna it's a get shame. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> because I mean, you look at you look at what the 49ers had before him, right? They brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. who was fine. He was, I mean, he got him to a Super Bowl as well. He is a fine quarterback, but he wasn't able to provide the offense with this level of uh, playmaking that yeah. Brock Purdy is. And you never heard people saying that about Jimmy G, about no. that he was just a game manager, whatever. And, like, yeah, and you, and, and you saw the way that, Shanahan called games he didn't trust Jimmy G yeah he trusts Brock Purdy dramatically more than he trusts Jimmy G and then you got Trey Lance who they drafted to be that guy they made him the starter at the start of last year before he got injured that was the dude and he's got the physical pedigree he's got the athletic pedigree he wasn't able to make the plays that Brock Purdy is. So, obviously, you know, people are like, oh, well, anybody can do it in this offense. Well, obviously mm-hmm. they can't because this no. was the third guy they tried in the last two years to do it, and he's the only one that looked like this. Yeah. The, the pieces were all the same. 
out of all the NFL teams, or I'm sorry, out of all the NFC teams that were in the playoffs, is the 49ers the best chance to defeat the Chiefs? Probably. I would say 100%. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the best. I mean, I thought the two best overall teams this year were the 49ers and the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they both had really complete teams. The The Chiefs are interesting because they look a lot different than they have in years past, right? The defense is really good, yeah. and the offense has struggled at points. But you could almost make the argument, and I'm not saying this is who Patrick Mahomes is as a quarterback, but he has – managed games for what this team needs uh, to a, a really effectively this year, mm-hmm. right? I think he's understood, hey, this isn't a team where I'm we're going to score 35, 38 points a game yeah. to win. It's, hey, I need to control the offense a little bit more. I need to control the flow of the game a little bit more. It's almost like in basketball when you want to control the pace a little bit. Patrick Mahomes has done a really good job. He's of a game manager. Year. What are we talking about? <laughs> he is. He's managed the game well. <laughs> I don't know if I would call him a game manager. Coming up next, we're going to get to the War Horse Sportsbook Sports Cleanup here on Herd App Sports Radio, AM 590, ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln.